Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. It's good. Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and get right into it, y'all. I'm telling you what. We are on the second to last installment of the spring semester that we are calling Kings and Kingdoms. Can somebody say Kings and Kingdoms? Come on, who has enjoyed and been blessed by these sermons, these teachings and preachings? And we've been talking about the kingdom of God, and we've talked about the kingdom plan, the kingdom proclamation, the kingdom principles, the kingdom power. And we, last week we talked about the kingdom promise. But this morning I want us to talk about, let's talk about the kingdom people. So if you have your syllabus, your booklet, or if you don't have it, you can go ahead and scan the QR code on the screen as well. This is a resource and investment that we have made into you for you to follow along. And I mentioned this last week. I want to mention it again. Here's what's amazing and unique about Riverside Church. You know, we really have a heart to see families grow in the relationship with Christ. And what's being taught here this morning is also being taught in Riverside Kids as we speak. It was taught in the special needs, and the youth will go deeper on it. And even Wednesday, we will go deeper into this message as well in a way that they can understand it. Come on, can we thank God for that as a church family? It's a blessing because I'm telling you what, sometimes when you sermon prep and you study, sometimes you feel like you have so much information, but I'm thankful. I'm like, okay, God, but we have deeper service taking place this Wednesday, and you do not want to miss this deeper service. We have Dr. Al, our pal, preaching, and it's going to be a great word, and you do not want to miss that. But we're talking about the kingdom people. Let's go ahead and read the summary in that. It says this, kingdom people. Somebody say kingdom people. Every kingdom is comprised of a group of people. So it is with the kingdom of God, where Jesus Christ has commissioned and empowered his people to be representatives of the kingdom of heaven. As citizens of this kingdom, we have the responsibility of upholding the culture and influencing the environment around us to line up with the kingdom of God. As kingdom people, we will face resistance, but we have the victory in the king of kings. Amen? Amen. If you don't mind, can you stand to your feet as you're willing and able? And let's turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 20. Anybody ready for the word this morning? Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 20. I want to encourage you, don't just take what I have to say for it. Go home and read your Bible. See what God will begin to speak to you as you begin to study his word. And these are the words of the great apostle Paul writing to the church in Philippi um, who were considered Gentiles, or you could also say non-Jewish, which would be most of us in this place. And I want you to hear what he writes and what he tells them um, because it's relevant to us as well. Because if there is one person, y'all, who understand the power of citizenship, it was the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul knew the power of his citizenship. And here's what made the the Apostle Paul so unique. The Apostle Paul was not only Jewish, but he was also considered a Roman citizen as well. And he knew the rights and benefits that he had as a Roman citizen. In fact, when you get a chance, read Acts chapter 22, because you'll discover that at one point when the Apostle Paul is being persecuted and the Romans are fixing to scourge and, and, and beat him, that he remembers in that moment, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. And Roman citizens couldn't be scourged or whipped or even crucified. So in that moment, Paul the apostle says this, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Speaking to a centurion. And the centurion goes to his commander and says, we're fixing to scourge a Roman citizen. And the commander comes to the apostle Paul and says, you're a Roman citizen, huh? Whoa, thank you, Jesus. 
I just saw the glass back there shake a little bit. But he said, get this. That was powerful. That was the perfect time for this. Because he said this. He said, oh, I heard you're a Roman citizen, huh? And the commander says, I'm a Roman citizen as well because I purchased my citizenship with a large sum. And then the apostle Paul responds with this. Yeah, but I was born a Roman citizen. And the scripture says that the people that were there fixing to examine him and scourge him walked away. Like, okay, I'm not having any part of this. And the commander had fear as well. Can I tell you that it is so important for us as citizens of the kingdom of heaven to know our identity as citizens and our identity in Christ Jesus. There is power in our citizenship, amen, as kingdom people. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 through 20 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. Their God is their belly. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Let, us, let that never be said about us. Amen? And then he takes a turn right here, and he says this, but we, somebody say me. We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Somebody over there, God, I'm going to read this one more time. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. Talking about kingdom people. Somebody say kingdom people. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for what you will do and what you have done already today. Have your way in this place, God. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit, God, right now moving on the hearts of people, even watching online, that your presence knows no bounds or restrictions, God, that you're able to go into that room, go into that vehicle, wherever they're watching from right now, God, and lift off every heavy weight, God, and speak to them, God, in a special way. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, if you agree with that, can somebody say amen? Amen, amen. One more time on your way back to your seat. Why don't you go ahead and give Jesus an ovation of praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. I've told a number of people this already, um, but I don't think I've ever been as excited to preach and teach as much as I have been um, throughout this semester as we talk about kings and kingdoms. And I'm going to do my best to try to compose myself and go at a pace where you can understand and digest what is being said. But sometimes when I begin to study and pray throughout the week, I feel like the word of God is just a fire shut up in my bone, y'all. And I just start sweating and jumping. I got to use this towel more, y'all. I don't know. I burn some calories. I feel like I got a whole workout in. After I get done, because you guys, some of you may be here for one service. This is one out of three services, y'all. We got one more to go after this, but Jesus is being glorified. It's awesome to see what's taking place. But I've never been as excited, and now I feel like I understand more of why um, Jesus' main message and teaching was the kingdom of God. Because I want you to get this. When you understand the reality and revelation of the king, his kingdom, and the role that we get to play as citizens in that kingdom, your entire life will change. 
even the way that you read the word of God and see it will begin to change when you understand the reality of the king, his kingdom, and the part that we play as a citizen in that kingdom. And throughout this semester, we've talked about King Jesus, his kingdom, and his government. And even this past week, we talked about the role of the Holy Spirit working through us in the world and earth today to expand the kingdom. But today, I want us to dive deeper into our identity, calling, and benefits that we have as citizens of the kingdom of God. Which can I tell you, this citizenship is unlike any other citizenship available or attainable in the world we live in today. There are about 195 different countries in the world today and nearly 8 billion people. Think about that. So many people, right? And every person has a unique citizenship to their home country, unless they were like Tom Hanks in the movie The Terminal. Whenever he got to the New York airport, remember what happened? And he was a refugee, and he couldn't go into the United States, but he couldn't go back home. He was stuck there, okay? I don't know. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a good movie. I liked it. He gets all the carts. Remember, he gets all the shopping carts. He puts them and gets all the quarters and buys himself a burger and stuff like that. I don't know. But anyways, here in the world we live in today, citizenship means everything. Because your citizenship determines the rights, the benefits, the advantages, or even the disadvantages that you have in the world today. And it's such a big deal to people, think about it, guys, that many people are willing to illegally immigrate and risk their lives just to have a chance to become a citizen in another country. Praise God. Just to become a citizen and the chance to become a citizen in another country. And depending on the country, it can be difficult to become a citizen because every country has their own requirements and qualifications. But what I want to go over real quick is this. I want to go over the four most common ways that people become citizens in countries in the world today. Talking about paths of citizenship. Somebody say paths to citizenship. And the first path I want to talk about is this. Citizenship by investment. Somebody say citizenship by investment. And get this, this is whenever you can actually gain citizenship in another country in exchange for a financial contribution. And this amount may vary from country to country depending on the type of investment and the number of people. But for example, if you wanted to become a citizen of Greece, you can actually go and purchase a home there for at least $275,000, or in some regions, half a million dollars. And if you stay there for a few years, you can qualify for citizenship. America even has something that some people call the $1 million green card. That's what some people call it. Where if, that you, are, if you are a foreigner, and if you come into America and you invest at least a million dollars in starting a business that hires 10 other U.S. citizens, you can qualify for U.S. citizenship. I believe they give about 10,000 of these uh, away every year to try to build the economy in the United States. But citizenship by investment is the first one. The second one I want to talk about is this, citizenship by descent. Now, citizenship by descent is whenever you're able to prove that one of your ancestors, whether it was a parent, and some countries do this, or your grandparent or your great-grandparent originated from that said country. 
And if you're able to do that, you can actually gain and obtain citizenship in that way. For example, in the United States, there are over 30 million um, Irish um, descendants, you could say, that have a heritage of, of Ireland. And, 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 you know, and, and get this, if they can prove, get this, that at least one of their parents was an Irish citizen at the time of their birth, they are entitled and they are automatically considered an Irish citizen. But not only that, but get this, if one of their grandparents were born in Ireland, they themselves are entitled to an Irish, an Ireland passport, even if that means that their parents or themselves weren't born in Ireland themselves. So there's the type of citizenship that we gain by descent. Then the third type of citizenship I want to talk about is this, citizenship by naturalization. Somebody say naturalization. Now, this is probably the most common way that foreigners gain citizenship in the United States of America today. And this can happen in a number of different ways. One of the ways being is whenever they begin to, to reside and live in America and abide by the laws of the land for at least five years, they can qualify for citizenship. Or if they marry a U.S. citizen and live here for three years, or even if they enlist and qualify in the U.S. Armed Forces. The last one I want to talk about is this, citizenship by birthplace. Now, this one right here is probably the most self-explanatory one, right? Wherever you're born at, you gain citizenship for that country. Like, if you're born in Canada, you are considered a Canadian citizen. Just like if you're born in America, you are automatically considered an American. And it's interesting is because, it's interesting because you can actually have dual or multiple citizenships to multiple countries depending on the requirements of the country. Now, some countries require only, you can only have one citizenship to them. But there's other countries where you can have multiple. In fact, I was reading an article this past week uh, about a guy who has the world record for the most citizenships. And get this, he has eight passports in total. Eight passports in total, spanning from, I'm not going to remember all of them, but spanning from Canada, the UK, Ireland, Belize, Grimada, the Dominica, St. Kitts, and Belize, or I think it was Cape Verde. I did remember all of them. Thank God. He had all the, I don't know why you would need that many citizenships, but he has them, okay, y'all? But the reason I wanted to go over and start and introduce this sermon by going over the paths to citizenship and the processes and the hoops that many people go through to obtain citizenship is because I, I want to remind you, and I want to remind a believer in the building or watching online about a citizenship that you have available, that you have inherited in your life, that sometimes many people overlook and, and they, they don't realize that they have. And by doing so, you know what's taking place in the kingdom of God? Kingdom citizens are living far below their God-given purpose, potential and provision that is in their life. See, in the king in the citizenship I'm talking about today isn't a citizenship that can be purchased by any dollar amount, currency, cryptocurrency, silver or gold. You can't purchase this type of citizenship with physical things, nor can you uh, qualify for this citizenship by your own good works or your own good deeds or your own charity, nor can you manipulate other people and fake it till you make it in order to achieve it. This type of citizenship is only purchased by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. What am I talking about? I'm talking about being a citizen of the kingdom 
kingdom of heaven. Some of you may not realize it, but you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise if you have placed your faith in Jesus. And guess what? It doesn't matter what your track record of sin was was beforehand here on this world. Oh, come on. The scripture says that when we repent of our sins, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. The scripture says God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness as we confess them unto him. Who in here is thankful to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven? There is power in understanding your role and what you have, the benefits and advantages that you have as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. See, first of all, I want to talk about this, that it is by the grace of God. First of all, you need to understand this. It is by the grace of God that you are even eligible to be considered a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. See, because the gospel is not about us getting to God. The gospel is really about God coming to us. That's why the apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians, he said that you Gentiles, us, we were once strangers and foreigners. We were far away from God. And imagine if God would have just kept his new covenant with the nation of Israel and the Jewish nation. God could have kept us out of it. But the apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, He said this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens. Some of you, you probably never been called that before, but back then that's what they called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision. In other words, God said, you got to have some skin in the game, folks. You want to have a covenant with me. Even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts in those days, you were living apart from Christ. Get this, you were excluded from citizenship. You were excluded from citizenship. I'm going to say it one more time. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He who has united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. In other words, that when we are in Christ, there is no longer no, 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 no Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, but now we are all one in Christ Jesus. I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We're not in competition with one another, but we complement one another as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. God has leveled the playing field where he said, hey, you want to be a citizen? Come to me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the door. Come unto me. I won't turn you away. Come humble yourself before me. Is anybody thankful for what God has done in our lives? Thank you, Jesus. The first point I want to give you today is this. We become kingdom citizens by birth. We become kingdom citizens 
by birth. See, remember one of the paths that we talked about to gain citizenship in, in countries in the world today was, was what? Being born there. And can I tell you something similar could be said when it comes to gaining citizenship in the kingdom of God? Now, I lost some of you right here with this point right here. Because some of you are scratching your head or watch online. What is this preacher talking about, this preacher in this pink shirt, this Mexican? What, what is he saying right now? Because I, I was born in Victoria, Texas, in the Detour Hot. I don't know what kind of accent I'm saying right now. I'm not trying to point out a people group or nothing right now, okay? I was born in Victoria, Texas, on the third floor of the DTAR Hospital. I guess I'm exempt and I'm not able to gain citizenship in the kingdom of God, but I'm not talking about a physical birth. I am talking about a spiritual birth that takes place in our life because remember, the kingdom of God is a supernatural spiritual reality and it must be experienced in a supernatural spiritual way. God is spirit and those who worship him will worship him, him in what? In spirit and in truth. It's a spirit. You cannot go to the airport and say, I want a one-way ticket to the kingdom of heaven. You cannot take a rocket ship to heaven. I don't care how big or powerful of a rocket ship Elon Musk makes. He may be able to get us to Mars, but he will never. It's in a whole nother realm. It is a spiritual place. You can't, qual you can't go there and qualify for citizenship on your own. You, you can't do things like that. See, the only way that we can fully experience and see and enter the kingdom of God is by being born again. By a new birth that takes place in our life. Jesus said this in John chapter 3, verse 3 through 6. He said, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Get this. Humans can only reproduce Humans reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Now, I encourage you, if you want to understand this passage of Scripture in a deeper, more revelatory way, I encourage you to join us for our baptism workshop that um, is be taught, that's taught every Saturday before the first Sunday of every month that will be led by, either by Pastor Bobby or Dr. Al or Discipleship Pastor. I encourage you, make plans to join us and be there. You should be hearing an announcement about it soon. But simply put, what was Jesus saying in this moment? What he was saying was this, that yes, you have a physical birth that takes place. You have a physical birthday, and many of you, you know your physical birthday. But did you know that you have a spiritual birthday as well? In the spirit? Where, where does it begin? It begins at the cross. It begins with the blood of Jesus Christ. It begins when we place our faith in him and we become sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And guess what? Our spirit man literally goes from death to life. Death to life. Tomb, temple. You are a new, see, through the blood, see, what, what, you know one of the requirements that, that, that is needed for a child and for an infant to be conceived in the world? One of the requirements is the blood of the father. 
they inherit part of the blood type from the Father. And can I tell you, so it is in a similar way in the kingdom of God, where by faith in the Spirit, we take on the name and blood of Jesus Christ in our life, and we are born into a new kingdom. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 23 says it like this, For you know that God has paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. Get this. Sometimes I could speed through this, but this is powerful. For you know that God has paid a ransom to save you from your empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And down to verse 23, he continues to say, Peter, for you have been born again, not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. Somebody say this with me. It's only by the blood of Jesus Christ. Not by your good works. You don't have to repeat after me. Not by your good works. Not by your religious deeds, not by the worth placed on you from the world's eyes. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I'm not a kingdom citizen by worth. I'm a kingdom citizen by birth, by taking on the name of Jesus Christ. And guess what? The scripture says that since you are born again, that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus, that all things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, that's why we also encourage you guys. To be water baptized if you have one already. Sign up because of what it represents and what it symbolizes that we are leaving the old dead man in the watery grave and we're coming out in the newness of life in Christ Jesus and we're going to tell the entire world. See, I didn't talk about this last Sunday, but whenever a kingdom would begin to colonize foreign areas and foreign territories, you know what one of their objectives would be? What they would do is they would do their best to erase, eradicate, and destroy the history of the foreign people and then try to instill the culture and history that they had to where the people in that kingdom, the people that had been colonized, begin to identify with the culture and history of the new kingdom. And can I tell you that the same thing could be said when it comes to us entering and being born into the kingdom of God. I came to tell you today, you may not understand it. You may not realize it. You still have a memory or recollection, but in the eyes of God, he washes away your sin. He casts your sin as far as the east is to the west. You have a new family history, your past sin, mistake, failures. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You have inherited a new family history and family legacy, you may not realize that even when you read the Bible, you're reading a history that is, that is relevant to you today as well by the blood of Jesus Christ in your life. Come on, is anybody thankful for that today? He wipes it away. Somebody say he wipes it away. See, the scripture even says that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. Who was the brethren? Us. It's almost like God took care, if you think about it, it's almost like he took care of all those paths to citizenship in one go, right? Investment purchased by the blood of Jesus. Descent, we're the, he's the firstborn among many brethren. Naturalization, we're the bride of Christ. 
We're part of the Lord's army and birth. We are born again into the kingdom of God. Oh, come on. I just want you to grab a hold of that for a second. He has made it so much easier. You don't have to jump through all these hoops. You just simply believe and receive and follow after the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But here's another thing I want you to get about kingdom citizenship. It's this. Thank God that we don't gain our citizenship when we die and pass away. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Thank God we don't get our citizenship when we walk through the pearly gates. But in the genius of God and God's desire to expand the kingdom of God, you know what he says? He said, when you're born again, guess what? You receive your citizenship. In other words, you have a responsibility here in the world, in the meantime, what are we called to do while we're here as kingdom citizens? Can I tell you, you do not have to wait to get to heaven to experience heaven. You can bring heaven down to earth. You can experience the kingdom of heaven today. And what are we called to do? To learn and to lead others in the ways, the customs, and the culture of the kingdom of God. Here's a second point I want to give you. We've got to move on. You can write this down. As citizens, we are called to adhere to the culture of the kingdom. As citizens, we are called to adhere to the culture of the kingdom. Question for you real quick. I want to get personal. What is the culture like in your family? What is the culture like between you and your kids? What is the culture like between you and your spouse? What is the culture like between you and your brother and sister in Christ? Is it a culture that lines up with the world? Or is it a culture that is a reflection of the kingdom of God? Because can I tell you something? Every kingdom has a culture. What is a culture? A culture, you can write this down. A culture speaks to the values, patterns, and behaviors shared by a group of people. Let me say that one more time. A culture speaks to the values, patterns, and behaviors shared by a group of people. And can I tell you where the culture of the kingdom comes from when it comes to a kingdom? It comes from the life and the words of the king. So if you wanted to get an idea of what the culture of the kingdom of God is called to be like, look no further than the life and teachings of King Jesus. That's why the apostle Paul said it like this. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. Because Christ is the standard. And can I tell you, when you begin to look at the life and ministry of King Jesus... It was completely countercultural in so many ways to the world that he lived in and that we live in today. And this is where there's a lot of tension within believers and kingdom citizens because they're trying to have one foot in the culture of the world and another foot in the culture of the kingdom of God, but it is completely different. It seems like Jesus flipped things upside down. For example, the culture in the, in, in the world says things like this, oh, your greatness is measured by how many people you have serving you. But in the kingdom of God, King Jesus said that your greatness is measured by how many people you serve. The world says hustle, grind, make a name for yourself, build this, do it, ascend, climb up the corporate ladder, ascend to greatness. But Jesus took a different approach. He said, you descend to greatness. 
He said, those who humble themselves will be exalted. Who, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Can I tell you something? You mean, let me tell you how to get raised up in the kingdom of God. Lower yourself before the king. And the lower that you bow before the king, the higher that he will begin to lift you up. See, the world says, get and you will get more. Jesus said, give and you will be given more. Completely different culture, completely different dynamic. We are a, we, I'm telling you right now, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. Completely different. See, that's why the kingdom of God is also known as this by some people and theologians. They call it the upside down kingdom because it's completely contrary and opposite than the kingdoms here in this world. Jesus even had to train up the disciples. They, had, they were following the wrong culture, the wrong mindset. And he had to change their mind. And he had to you know, be real with them and say, hey, this, you're doing it like this, but this is what we're called to do. He washed the disciples' feet. Think about this. He washed the disciples' feet. The same ones that were arguing, I'm going to be greater than you. You know, I'm going to be better than you. You're going to serve under me. And Jesus steps down. The same hands that hung stars, I'm just going to say it like this, that's hung stars in existence are washing the disciples' feet. And Peter said, no, no, Lord, I should be washing your feet. He said, if you don't let me do this, Peter, you have no part of me. Because one day, I'm washing your feet right now, but one day I'm going to wash the sins away from the world and your heart. You've got to allow me to serve you. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He came to establish a new culture, a new value, a new pattern, a new behavior. And guess what? When the disciples went into the world, when the apostles went out into the world, they turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down because they were aligning themselves with the culture and the words of the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 17 verse 2 through 7 says this, then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, talking about the synagogues, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded to get this became envious and took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason. Somebody say, poor Jason. Poor Jason. <laughs> to act the house of Jason. And sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city. Get this, listen, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. In other words, wherever these followers of Jesus, the followers of the way go, wherever these believers go, we, we, we see that things change around them. That, that things begin to shift and happen. And guess what? They're here now too. And they said this, and these are all acting, get this, contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king. And here's the thing. They weren't really turning the world upside down. They were turning the world right side up, the way that God had intended it to be. And they went out and they turned the world upside down. Why? By following and proclaiming and relaying the ways of King Jesus. And the people even came against them, accused them of acting contrary 
to the decrees of Caesar. Think about this for a second. In other words, can I tell you something real quick? The reality is you're never going to be able to please everybody. You're, it's gonna, if I wanted to please everybody, I wouldn't be a pastor. I would be an ice cream salesman. Okay? My job is not to please everybody. My job is to please and honor God. And be a servant underneath him and serve others. See, that, see, see following after God isn't always going to be popular. Isn't always going to be cool. I feel like I'm back being a youth pastor right now. And not everybody is ever going to understand it. And guess what? They weren't meant to understand it. See, that's why every day, let me tell you what to do. Every single day, choose to love, forgive, live and lead like Jesus in everything that you do. Get this, even if it goes against your own opinions and ideas and ideologies and custom and culture of the world and of the government. Because I don't know if you've noticed, this world and the culture is crazy. They don't even know who they are anymore. I don't even know. There's so many different names and this and that and pronouns. They don't, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't have to live according to this world, but I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. For me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. We're going to follow after him. You may be saying to yourself, okay, well, I want to align myself with the kingdom of God. I want to I align myself with the culture of the kingdom. Let me tell you one of the best things to do. Open up that Bible. Read the words of the king. Read the scripture. Read the stories of Jesus and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me. You know every country has a constitution. Every country has a constitution. Some of you, see, and when, here's the power in that. You need to understand. If you've never read the constitution, you need to read the constitution. Because within the constitution, there are rights and liberties that speak to you and are relevant to you. And it could be possible to be a citizen, but not be in alignment with the culture and rights because you don't understand. Oh, come on. Anybody understand what's being said right now? Don't understand the laws and the rules and the principles that you find in the word. See, the Bible is one of those books. When you open up the Bible, not only do you read it, I've heard it said before, it begins to read you. It's a mirror where you begin to, and tell me, let me tell you something. You're going to be offended in your flesh when you read the Bible. You will be offended even when you hear some of the teachings and preachings of Jesus. And guess what? That's a good thing. You know what you do in that moment? You don't try to twist it and manipulate the word of God to try to fit into your life. And so that way you can live a sinful lifestyle. No, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to line ourselves up with the kingdom of God, with the culture of the kingdom of God. And can I tell you what will begin to happen as you align yourself with the king and the culture of the kingdom? You will begin to transform and infect the environment and people that are around you. Come on, somebody. You'll begin to change things that are around you you, you got to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen by you just swaying and swinging through life. No, you got to, it's not, a culture isn't built by default. It's built by design. You set patterns in your life before bed. Gather the family together. We're going to pray. We're going to read the Bible just for a little bit. What, what is that? You're setting patterns. You're setting a culture. You're doing, that's what happened in my home. That's what happened in my family. When's the last time you talked to your, we made it easy with these syllabus and everything. See, whether you realize, oh, I don't know who this is for. This, I didn't say this, a lot of this during first service. Some of you, you're not teaching your children 
the ways. I'm not trying to point anybody out. Maybe this is for somebody watching online. I'm going to look right back there. If you don't teach your children the ways of the culture of the kingdom of God, they're going to give in to the ways and the culture of this world. You got to protect them and guard them. Look at what they're looking at. Love them. We do it out of love, not because we're trying to be controlling them. In my home, my dad taught me how to pray. My dad would take me to the house of God. I would sit on his lap while he was mowing the grass. He would take me to the church. He would come knock on my door, and I would be in elementary school, middle school. He said, son, I'm going to go to the church and pray. Why don't you come with me? Yes, sir, I'll go with you. Walk me around the church. We'd walk around the church with the lights off. He would hold my hand, and he'd say, son, this is what men of God do. We pray. We seek the face of God. This is what happens. What was happening? He was setting the culture of the kingdom of God, train up a child in the way that they should go, and when they grow older, they will not depart from it. I don't know about you, but we're not going to let the enemy take away this generation. This generation, God is going to raise them up. They are going to be world changers. They're not going to give in to, come on somebody, I'm telling you right now, there is power. Align yourself up with the culture of the kingdom of God, because can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? This life is so short. This life, if we could only, if we could only just understand how temporal and short this life is, you can't even put a timeline on eternity. You can't put a time frame on eternity. One day is like a thousand before the Lord, right? One, you can't even begin to do it. So why are you allowing the culture and other people's opinions to dictate your life and belittle you. It is time to break out of that box. It is time to not give in to the culture of what other people say. And can I tell you something? So next time somebody tells you something like this, oh, man, since you've gone to that church, you've changed. Oh, since you've been living for the Lord, you don't do things like we used to do. Then we just you, You've changed. Guess what? You can look right back in their face, say it out of love, and say this. Yeah, and you've remained the same because I'm maturing. I'm growing. I'm developing. I'm becoming everything that God has called me to be. Am I perfect? No. I'm going to fail and make mistakes. But what God has started in my life, he will be faithful until the day of completion. And when I stand before the Lord one day, I want to hear those words. Well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Oh, come on, are there any kingdom citizens in the place this Sunday morning? Thank you, Lord. I feel the anointing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Got to breathe. Whew. Is somebody getting this this Sunday morning? I hope you are. Let's choose now. What if you started living in alignment to the culture of the kingdom now? Some of you are waiting until you die and go to heaven. To worship God and raise your hands. And some people, I'm not looking at nobody again. Looking up top, right? Start now. Live for him now. Honor him now. If you don't like worshiping God, what do you think you're going to be doing in eternity? Some of you go crazy at sports games, but then at church we're just like, Giving God a lemon face or something like that. You don't come here for other people. Yes, there's there's community. Yes, we iron sharpens iron. Yes, there's that. But more than that, I came to give glory and praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God has been too good to me for me to not give him a praise. Let's start now. Somebody say, let's start now. we got to move on. Worship team, you can go ahead and come up. I want to give you four perks of kingdom people. 
because we've talked about the advantages, advantages and benefits that people have as citizens. Can I tell you something? You have benefits. You have an advantage. Some of you don't even realize you have advantages and benefits as citizens of the kingdom, just like in the United States. The first perk of a kingdom person I want to go over real quick is this. Provision. Provision. Do you know the kingdom of God is the only kingdom where there, is, where there hasn't been a recession, depression, or economic collapse? They, they, collapse. they don't have a, there's not a stock market in heaven. We don't see the index and they're going like this and just going like that. We, there's nothing like that there. God is self-sufficient. He is a good, just real quick, because you got to become like a little child again. You, you got to become like a little child again when it comes to the kingdom of God as we're born and we mature. We got to have all, all like, we got to have wonder and awe of his, of his goodness. He, Jesus even said this. He said, don't even worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and what you're going to wear and this or that. For the pagans worry about these things. And then he said this, he said, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Jesus was never running around like, how's the bills going to be paid? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine, you know, he's like, oh, how is this going to happen? No, because he knew that his father, he knew that everything was going to be taken care of for him. You know, at one point, Peter was at kind of a place where he's like, man, how are we going to pay this temple tax, Lord? And, and, and then Jesus simply tells him, go cast a line out in the water, catch a fish. Think about this. Catch a fish, open up its mouth, and then it will be the money that you need to pay taxes. That's kingdom. That's the kingdom's provision. Now, I'm not saying for you, if you need to pay a bill or something like that, I'm not saying go fishing. Maybe you just need to go and swipe into work, put in some over, I don't know. But all I know is that when you do what's possible, God will do what's impossible. Be led by him. Be obedient to him. They were, at one point, there was thousands of people. They, they were hungry. They had been staying and listening to the words of Jesus. And they're like, Lord, they're hungry. And all they had to do was bring him a few fish and a few loaves. And he multiplied it and fed thousands of people. I don't know about you. I can tell you stories right now. Me and Brooklyn were coming up on one year of marriage. Can't believe it. But can I tell you something? That there have been times even in our relationship, there were times in our relationship where we're like, God, we have this need. And guess what? Where we, guess what? We don't, we don't, we don't, we do our best not to try to complain or worry, be afraid, but we come together and we say, you know what? We're kingdom citizens. We're, we, when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the word says all these things shall be added. And I don't know how he does it. Sometimes there's checks in the mail that you weren't expecting. There's groceries on the, I can tell you so many stories. Groceries, God moved on somebody's heart. He, and it's not that we're seeking the blessings. We're seeking the blesser. We're not seeking the gift. We're seeking the giver. And as we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness every day, he's able to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When you're at the grocery store with your kids, and you're filling up that cart, have they, when's the last time they turn to you and say, Mom, do you have enough money for all this? Are you going to be able to pay for this or do that? Are they they're in the house playing, watching something on the TV? Hey, was the electricity bill paid this month? No, they, they're not. They walk around that store holding your hand because they know that as long as they're walking with you, 
everything is going to be okay. Now, I'm not saying, like I told first, I'm not, I'm not saying not to have a budget. I'm not trying to say be stupid with your credit card. Say, Lord's going to bless you. He's going to pay it. No, don't do that. Use the kingdom principles. But don't worry. Some of you, you are allowing the world to steal the joy, Lord, because you're worrying. Turn that worry into worship, amen, and see what God will do. Next one is this, protection. Somebody say protection. See, every kingdom has a military, right? Has an army. Sometimes we forget God has an army. In fact, if you want to go deeper, we are part of that army as well. But God has, somebody, see, here's the thing. Better than the Navy SEALs. Better than any other stealth off. Let me tell you how stealthy they are. Some of you walked in with the angel. I'm just speaking. Some of you, you don't even realize it, but God's got you. He's got you covered. There are warrior and guardian angels. God, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. He will lead you and direct you and protect you in your life. God is mighty in battle. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Did it say the weapon wouldn't be formed? No. The weapon would be formed. We may have weapons formed against us, but God's word said it will not prosper. Psalm chapter 32, verse 7, for you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Who's thankful this morning for the victory and protection that we have in God? If you could only know some of the things that God has kept us from and protected us from in our life. The next one is power. Somebody say power. We talked about this last week, but we talked about how in the kingdom of God, we have been given power and authority. He gave the disciples power and authority. You know, most kingdoms, there's a power struggle. Many times the the kingdom and the king, they want to keep the power to themselves. But it's not like that in the kingdom of God. In fact, you know what God says? Pull up a seat next to me. We are joint heirs. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We have been given power and authority exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine according to what? The power that is at work within us. Last one I want to give you is this. I went over time, y'all. Come on, is anybody getting something out of this morning? I pray so. Is peace. Somebody say peace. See, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we are called to be peacemakers and peacekeepers. Because I don't know about you, but if there's one thing that we need in this life is this. We need more of the peace of God. A peace that passeth all understanding. A peace that can't be explained. A peace that, that this world can't offer. A peace that can only be experienced. Knowing why? Because you have a hope. You have a peace because you are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Somebody say peace. In the world you have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. Get this. God never promised that you wouldn't have tribulations, troubles, or problems. That's false. If you heard it before, like, oh, when you fall after God, everything's going to be perfect. No, you're going to face opposition. Jesus even said, hey, they hated me. They're probably going to hate you. We're going to face resistance in life at times. But here's God's promise. Not that we wouldn't face problems, but that he would be present in us in the middle of our problems. God is an ever-present help in the what? In our time of trouble. And he will give you a peace and a presence and a fortitude knowing, like, hey, you're right here with me. But here's the catch. He's the prince of peace. I don't know who needs this right now. Somebody, you need to receive the peace of God right now in your hearts. He said, from me. He's the Prince of Peace. How do we experience his peace? 
by making him our prince, our king, our Lord, submitting to him and his kingship. Come on, is anybody make G? Come on, anybody ready to follow after the ways of the king? Stand, come on, stand to your feet this morning. As we get ready to end this service, I want to simply close in prayer. I want to give somebody an opportunity in this moment to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, to believe in his heart. I don't know who this word was for. I believe this word was for the church in general. But right now in this moment, I want you to understand this, that we are a citizen by the grace of God of the kingdom of heaven. And we are called to adhere to the culture of the kingdom of God, that there is benefits, provision, protection, power, peace that comes from God. Come on, simply receive this morning with your hands raised as you feel led. Lord Jesus, right now, I thank you, Lord, for the peace of God. I thank you, Lord, for the empowerment. I thank you, Lord, for this word that is being sown into our hearts, God. We thank you, Lord, for it producing fruit in our life. We thank you, God, right now for moving, God, for speaking, God. We thank you that we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Why don't you repeat after me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for me to be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Align my life my marriage, my family, my church with the culture of the kingdom of God. Use me, come on, say it, use me to be an ambassador and representative to the lost people in this world. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, oh, come on, if you believe that and receive that, can we give God some praise in this place? Can we just press in and worship? Can we lift his name up in this place? Come on, right now in this moment, if you need to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, come on, repent of your sins, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Come on, let's worship him. Let's press in. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.